This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today, especially are we delighted to have those who are watching today for the very first time. We have those also who watch every time we're on there. We thank you for watching as well. Now today on our telecast, we're going to be discussing a subject that I hope will be of interest to you. And, and we're going to be talking about mistakes that men make or that people make. We're going to be reading a text from the New Testament that, that discusses that topic and then we want to enlarge on it a little bit. We'll talk about the mistakes that people make. So I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now today on our telecast, we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course and we want to make you aware of it and we want you to be assured when I say that it's free, there is no cost to you for this Bible correspondence course. And I want to uh, give you the opportunity to learn a little bit more about the course. I'd like to give you the opportunity now to learn how to receive the free course. So why don't we pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to read now from the 22nd chapter of Matthew, beginning in verse 23. The same day came to him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection, and asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, If a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren, and the first when he had married a wife deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise the second also, and the third unto the seventh, and, the la and last of all the woman died also. Therefore in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto them, You do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Someone has said that to err is human, but to forgive is divine. And of course, so long as we live in this old tabernacle called a body, we're going to make mistakes. We are going to err occasionally. All of us make mistakes. Oh, I'm aware that there are some who think they have never made a mistake. 
I heard about a, a character like that. He never thought that he ever made a mistake, and he was a guest in someone's home. And he was staying in a room in the upstairs. The next day when he was called to breakfast, he was coming down the stairs and he tripped and fell. And the uh, hostess uh, uh, came to him and said, oh, I'm so sorry that you fell. He said, I always come downstairs like that. You see, he never made a mistake. He sat down to eat his breakfast. He was so shaken by the fall that in rather than putting sugar in his coffee, he put some salt. She called that to his attention as well. And he said, I always put salt in my coffee. There are some people like that. They never make a mistake. But the fact is, all of us make mistakes. Sometimes there is uh, the matter of mistaken identity. Recently, I was attending a lectureship, and I was not a speaker on that lectureship. I have been in the past, but I was not this time. And, but there was a man speaking on that lectureship with the same name as mine. And after the man had spoken, I had someone walk up to me who heard him speak and say to me, I really enjoyed your lesson. I said, it wasn't me. It was a case of mistaken identity. You see, all of us make mistakes. In the text, Jesus said to these people, you're erring, that is, you're mistaken, because you know not the Scriptures and you don't know the power of God. You see, these people had made some mistakes. The biggest mistake they made was not knowing what God said about the resurrection and the second mistake was in not knowing that God had the power to raise people from the dead. They did not believe that. That is, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. Well, they're not the last people to make mistakes. For, for example, there are people today that make mistakes by presuming what is correct. They, they just presume that there are certain things that are correct, that is, they are in their own mind, in their thinking. There, there are some people who believe that you can't understand the Bible. I've actually had people to tell me that, Brother Lambert, you just can't understand the Bible. The Bible is too confusing. The, the Bible is too complicated. Let me read a passage to you from Jesus. I'm reading to you now from John the 8th chapter, verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Does it sound to you like Jesus thought that the Bible was so confusing, so complicated you couldn't understand it? I've had people to tell me, Brother Lambert, you can't, the Bible is so confusing that, that you can't even know what to do to be saved. It's too complicated. Does it make any sense to you that God would give his son to die on the cross of Calvary for the sins of the world? and then turn right around and give us a, a, a book that tells us what to do to be saved, that that's so confusing and so complicated that you couldn't understand it, that just doesn't sound sensible, does it? 
So people may presume that you can't know what's correct in the Bible, but, but they're wrong. That, that is, they, they are mistaken. And there are those that presume that if you don't know what the Bible says, that is, if you live, let's just say you live in a place where you never have had opportunity to hear the Bible, you're ignorant of what the Bible has to say, that God is going to excuse that. that that's what some people presume. That's a mistake. In Acts 17 and 30, Paul is uh, preaching to people who were confused about the one true God. And he said to them, the times of this ignorance God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. So it is a mistake to think that God is going to overlook our lack of knowledge of his word. We're going to be held accountable on the day of judgment for what we do know. And we'll be held accountable for what we could have known. Also, some presume that if you're just honest and you're sincere, and uh, that, that, that's all that's necessary. I don't know of a man who was more sincere in his religious beliefs than Saul of Tarsus. He persecuted Christians, and yet this man learned that just being sincere about what you believe was a mistake. He, he even said that he lived in all good conscience before God unto this day, Acts 23.1. And he was zealous of his father's religion. But, but to think that that is acceptable to God just because you're sincere is insufficient. It's a mistake to presume that. Also, it is a mistake to presume that, that uh, just because the the majority of people are going in a certain way, doing a certain thing, that that's the thing to do. You know, we are people who are prone to follow the crowd. But we better stop and reassess that. We need to stop and think about where is the crowd going? Just because people are going, doing something in a certain way doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. As a matter of fact, our Lord in Matthew chapter 7 said in verses 13 and 14 that the crowd is going in the wrong direction. There Jesus said, Enter ye into the straight gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way, that leadeth unto destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Now, in other words, the majority of people are going in the wrong direction. And so just because a large number of people may believe a certain thing and do a certain thing does not mean that that's the right thing to do. Well, you go back to the days of Noah. And Noah was a preacher of righteousness to the generation of his day. But they rejected his message and then the flood came. And according to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20, there were only eight people that were saved from the flood. It wasn't the majority, it was the minority. And so let's not presume that just because the majority is doing something in a certain way, believing a certain thing, practicing a certain thing, that it's correct. 
And then let's not just presume that God is uh, too exacting about things, that God is too strict. Someone says God is just, just a strict God. Well, he can be strict. When Nadab and Abihu in Le Le Leviticus chapter 10 offered strange fire upon the altar, God did not overlook that. And one translation says that they offered unauthorized fire, that is, fire that God had not specified or authorized them to use. They did it their way. You know, they reasoned like this, well, I suppose one fire is just as good as another fire. But they found out that God was exacting, that God wanted it done God's way, not their way. And we still have a God who is a good God. He is so good. In Romans 11, and, chapter 11 and verse 22, Paul said, Behold the goodness of God. But he also said, Behold the goodness and the severity of God. God is going to be severe in dealing with those who do things their way. That is, they don't do it the way he specified in his word. We do not have the right to change what God has said in his word. If we do that, we're making a big, big mistake. Sometimes people also make a mistake by putting their trust in the wrong place. Now, some people have trust in themselves. Now, that's what they're trusting today. They're trusting in themselves. But Jeremiah said, O oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. You know, in America and in also many other places throughout the world, people have cast God aside and they're trying to direct their own steps. But, but I'm trying to be kind about this. They have made a miserable mess of things because they have rejected the guidance of God Almighty. It's not a new thing. In Judges 21, 25, the scripture says that in those days, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And it wasn't right in the eyes of God, but it was right in their eyes. Sometimes people say, this is the way I see it. This is how I feel. This is what I believe. I can do it myself. My friend, that's a mistake. A mistake to put your trust in yourself. Sometimes there are those that fail to trust in the right thing, and they trust in people. They trust in men. But we need to put the teachings and the the thoughts of men to the acid test are the things that they are telling me match up with the Bible. Do they match up with what God said? I'm thinking of what Paul wrote in the first chapter of Galatians, beginning in verse 8. Though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached, let him be accursed. I would be afraid to preach anything other than what the Bible teaches. 
I'm going to put my trust not in what a man says, but what a God says. And there were those in the days of the Apostle Paul who were being carried about with every wind of doctrine and the slight of men by cunning craftiness. And these people were lying in wait to deceive them. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. It is also a mistake to put your trust in the teachings of people. Now, there are a lot of good teachings that have, the, the books that have been written and teachings that have been done and the books that men have written. But if they are not in harmony with the Bible, I'm going to reject them personally. Doesn't make any difference to me how popular the author might be, how many books the author may have sold. I'm going to reject it if it does not harmonize with the teaching of our Lord. Jesus said, in vain do they worship me. Teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men, Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 and 9. So I'm not going to accept what people say. I'm going to find out if what they say is what God would have them to say. I would encourage you to put Brother Lambert to the acid test. You check in your Bible to see if I'm teaching you the truth of God. Examine it. And when we study the Bible, then we need to study the Bible with an open mind, not with some preconceived idea. And the only way that I can put my trust in the right place is by putting my trust in the Lord. And it is a mistake, a big mistake, to put my trust anywhere else. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all of thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. That's from Proverbs the third, third chapter. Verses 5 and 6. And I'm not going to put my trust in men. I trust God. Jesus even asked the question, Why are you calling me Lord, Lord? But you don't do the things that I say. Luke 6, 46. Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. You see, it is a mistake to put our trust in anyone, anything other than God and in His Word. I'm going to take the Bible. I'm going to trust the Word of God. This is God's revealed will to man. And I'm going to stake my soul on it. I'm going to stake my eternal destiny on what God says in this book. And it's a mistake to do otherwise. And then it's also a mistake that's often made is by failing to realize or to recognize the, the things that are of real value. I, I, I have some programs that I watch occasionally on on television late at night when I'm 
trying to get relaxed and getting ready maybe to go to bed. And, 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 and I like to watch these shows where these men go around all over the country and they are trying to buy things that people would have thrown away. They are called pickers. And it's, a, it's an interesting sto show to me because it just shows a lot of the things that people are, are selling that why most people put them in, a, in, the, in the trash and throw them away. But you see, they see something in them that's valuable and they'll take those things and they'll, they'll, they'll sell them and get a good price for them. They see value there. Sometimes there are things in life that, that we fail to see the value of. For example, it is a mistake to fail to recognize the value of your soul. Do you realize how valuable your soul is? In Matthew 16, in verse 16, Jesus said, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Your soul is a lot more valuable than anything else. It's more valuable than all the money of the world, all the power of the world, all the prestige of the world. It's more valuable than any other thing. If you were to gain the whole world, but in the process of doing that, you lost your soul, you'd have made a terrible bargain, a terrible bargain. It's a mistake to fail to realize the value of your soul. It is also a mistake to, to fail to recognize the, in, the individual responsibility that you have as a, and before God. You see, one day we're going to stand before God. Romans 14 and 12 says that so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. I have a responsibility in this life. No one else can assume responsibility for me. Now, I'm aware that we're living in a day and in an age where so many people don't want to assume responsibility for their life. They, they want someone else to do things for them. They, they don't want to do it for themselves. And then when they do something wrong, when, they, when they, they, they try to blame their conduct on someone else. But I can tell you one thing. One day all of us are going to appear before God Almighty in the day of judgment. And when we stand there, we're not going to be able to pass the buck. No, no. We'll stand there and we will give account of our lives to God. And it is a mistake to, to fail to realize how valuable you are, your soul is, and, and that you have individual responsibility for your life and for your conduct. And it is also a mistake to, to realize that your purpose in this life is to please God. We're to be pleasing to God. Listen to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of all of them that diligently seek him. You cannot be pleasing to God without diligently seeking him. May I ask you, are you pleasing to God? Are you diligently seeking God today? The greatest thing that is needed today is for people to seek after God.
to seek God. When we studied the Bible, we learned about God. That, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When we studied the Bible, we learned about His Son. That God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Well, when we studied the Bible, we learned that we're to believe in that Son, John 8, 24. That we're to repent of our sins, Luke 13, 3. That if we confess that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, Matthew 10, 32, verse 33. And when we study the Bible, we learn that we are to be baptized, that our sins be washed away in Christ's blood, Acts twenty two sixteen, because that saves us, 1 Peter 3, 21, puts us into Christ, Galatians 3, 27, puts us into the body of Christ, which is the church, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13. So it is important that we please God. And that means that I need to realize the value of obeying God. I will not be able to please God unless I obey God. I might understand that the Bible says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But you see, for me to please God, I have to do what God tells me to do. And it is a mistake. But then it is also a mistake that men make when they neglect their salvation. Now, I don't know of a bigger mistake. The question is asked in the second chapter of Hebrews, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Now, that's one of those questions in the Bible that answers itself. There isn't any escape if we neglect so great a salvation. I wonder, have you been neglecting your salvation? Are you a Christian? Are you saved? You know, there are a lot of mistakes that we make in life. Don't make the mistake of neglecting Jesus. I, I'd urge you to give your life to Him. He loves you. He really loves you. Let me tell you how much He loved you. He, he loved you so much that He went to the cross and died for you. He died for me. He died for all mankind. Regardless of what part of the world you live in, regardless of the texture of your skin, regardless of who you are, where you are, what you have or don't have, Jesus loved you. In John 15th chapter and verse 13, the Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this. Man lay down his life for his friends. I want to thank you for watching today until we meet again. May the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.